San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right. Good evening, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB or tune in radio, you can hear the show on, on, on any device as it airs. And, of course, all the podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com and Apple Podcasts. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinary accomplished marathon runner, a best-selling author, a lecturer, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Misio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? The battle of the sexes. Oh, wait, that's, all, <laughs> that's all I can think about and do. If there's any, I mean, if there's something else, it just doesn't Are register. we dialed are... in or what? We already have done this show with Val Ziegenfuss and Dolly Riggs, the only daughter of Bobby Riggs. That was last week? Last or the week Saturday. Before? That was last Saturday was, night. Was that yeah. just? Okay. And yeah, then time it, flies. And, of course, you are hosting a bunch of VIPs. This uh, this show's airing Saturday, so Monday. On Monday, Monday, 5 o'clock or 5.15, Up whatever. at the lot in La Jolla. Yes. And guess what? Bobby Riggs' only daughter is driving all the way down again from uh, San Luis Obispo with her husband and wh- her brother the uh, and the son, mm-hmm. one of five sons, I believe, of Bobby, right? That's right, Billy Riggs. Billy Riggs is going to be there with his and wife. And then last week's other guest, Valerie Ziegenfuss, is going to be there. Val- one of the original nine will be there. One of the original nine. So, so we're going to have a little panel discussion. And with Richard, we'll have a little panel after the film on Monday night. And, of course, we'll uh, fill you all in on that next week. But that should be a really cool event. And looking forward to it. You've seen This will be, what, your fifth time that seeing? That will be my fifth <laughs> viewing of the movie. It reminds me of when I was two years old and wanted my parents to read me the same book every night before I went to bed. The ending never changes. Yeah, so uh, no lip syncing during the film, Richard. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm sure you can have it pretty well memorized. So I'm, anyway. dialed, I'm dialed in, Joe. Absolutely. So uh, very cool. Uh, congrats again to the Aztecs. They just keep on winning. And by this time this show airs, uh, well, this show, when the show is airing, they should be beating Northern Illinois. We'll find out. They're, I think they're about 12.5-point favorite, but uh, good for them. Mission Valley is still alive. <laughs> Mission Valley is still alive. Do you know and the, it's and not, the Chargers are still the Chargers. Yeah, it's not called Qualcomm Stadium. It's called SDCCU. I don't know what do you call it, Sudoku or Sudku? I don't know. Sudku Stadium. I think I, you just have to say the initials. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm calling it Sudku. Sudku for for. I life. just call it the stadium. Yeah, I don't know. Gosh, it's uh, let's call, get call it get get back to the Murph. I don't know, but in, in any case, and then I will have more reporting on uh, Dr. Bronner's having a big event with the mayor of I believe Vista is going to be uh, there, um, but they're they're going completely solar off the grid, uh, their their company and plant up in Vista. So I will uh, report on that next week because that happens. Uh, it actually happened yesterday because this, as this show airs. So there you have it. But I'll have more information next week. Now let's get to our important VIP guest because a very important architect did a lot of his work here. And uh, he died in 1936 at the age, I believe, of 65 or 6. We'll, we'll verify all that. But, um, uh, you know, for dying, for passing that long ago and still being this notable, and he, he's just won a posthumous award but we have the 66 years old yeah we have a uh, a notable guest who is the president and founder of the irving j gill foundation and he's a uh, he's a renowned architect in his own right his name is james b guthrie james welcome to our show thank you very much joe our pleasure 
Um, gosh, where do we start? Should we get in? Let's get into your background yeah, let's first. Let's talk about James a little bit. Yeah, first. let's find out. We're born and raised in a little bit of your professional education and background, and then we'll get into uh, your passion for Irving J. Gill and, and all that good stuff. Well, my story starts in Oak Park, Illinois. We're oh. very famous for Frank Lloyd Wright. Mm-hmm. Really? And, um, and my mother was an artist, and uh, so I grew up in that environment. She actually learned how to play piano in Frank Lloyd Wright's house. So. I happen to also know that uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs and Bob Newhart uh, are from Oak Park, and Ray Kroc, uh played piano at the Oak Park, atop the Oak Park Arms Hotel for a radio station. Before, I did not know that. Yeah, before, right at the foot of Washington Boulevard and Oak Park Avenue. Joe, you are digging deep tonight. I was. <laughs> But, uh, well, it's good information to know. He was a piano oh, yes. player. That's why he, he liked Joan, because uh, right. he, she played piano she played in that piano. hotel. Yeah. He saw the film, but that, you know, that's true. She did play piano, I believe, in a, in a, or at least okay. sang or played piano, but I know she, it was about the, the musical. Anyway, I, anyway but we digress. James. But uh, Oak Park, very famous, and, and, and Ernest Hemingway also. But anyway. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that was my beginning. A lot of piano, apparently, that I didn't know about. Uh-huh. And... Uh, so I wound up um, growing up in that environment, and that, that's the Chicago area where architecture is reigns supreme there. And you know why that is, Richard? Because they had a big fire, 1861, wiped out the whole yeah, city. Yeah, they had to rebuild the whole city. Gave yeah. a whole pallet yeah. to a bunch of architects, so they flocked to Chicago, right? right. It wasn't just the fire. It was the, the Chicago can-do attitude. They said... Uh, well, we burned down, but we can build better. So, sure. And they did. And use bricks this time. <laughs> Don't use wood this time. But Lewis Sullivan, so uh, you went to uh, high school and college where? Uh, I went to college at University of Illinois. Okay. Which is one of the oldest schools of architecture in America. In Champaign-Urbana? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then and how about high school? Oak high Park? school? I, no, I was in the western suburb by then. We'd, okay. moved, we'd moved west. Okay, which one? Because I'm familiar, somewhat familiar. Proviso West. Okay. I know that. I think you know that? I know that school, yes. Okay, I'm impressed. <laughs> Very good. But uh, so architecture, geez, that's um, uh, so did you stay in Chicago after you graduated and, and work? Well, but, but backing up, where did the interest oh. in architecture come from? Just because of the art? I, I honestly can't answer the question of when I decided to become an architect. Okay. The earliest memory I have is in fourth grade. You, you know, you write a paper. What do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. I wrote architect. OK. So it goes back a long way for me. Well, then you must have gotten an A on that paper because it became true. <laughs> you know, did you like to sketch? <laughs> Can we go back and it, it, adjust our grades? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but you must have must have been drawn uh, to structures and, and things like that. Were you? Did you like to draft uh, uh, pictures of, of buildings and things like that early on? Or? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, my mother was an artist, so she she had us um, drawing and 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 you know coloring and things like that at a very early age. Gotcha. And uh, when I was very young, you know, eight eight ish, ten ish, mm-hmm. uh, I was building houses out of balsa wood, complete oh, wow. complete houses, hmm. every, every stud, everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's pretty. About that? It goes back a long way. So upon graduation of, uh, and how does one become an architect? Is it just a four-year degree, or do you have to go beyond to grad school, or how does that work? No, it's, it's, a, it's a professional degree, so there is a professional process to become a licensed architect, mm-hmm. and only people who get a license can actually call themselves an architect legally. Okay. Um, so, and there, so there must be an institution who, uh, who certifies everybody to go through testing or something like that? Or? Exactly. In, in California's case, it's the state of California has a licensing department for architecture hmm. and every every state has one okay and so my my path was i got a four-year bachelor degree from the university of illinois and it was with a focus on architecture mm-hmm. and then i got a two-year master's degree and that's what's considered a professional degree under the licensing guidelines. okay and then um, i took a series of tests did a three-year in- internship on top of that mm. then took some more tests 
and then got the license. Uh, How did you make your way from Illinois to California, or why? Um, It was 1983 in the Midwest, and actually I was uh, hoping to work in Chicago, but back then there was a pretty big recession going Mm -hmm. on, and uh, San Diego was one of the few places where um, people were hiring architects. Mm -hmm. You worked uh, in New York on the East Coast too, right? No, I've never worked on the East Coast. No? So just Just in the Midwest. Just Midwest, okay. So you got an offer out here? Yeah, yeah. Okay. A, bit, a large firm or somebody that's still around? Or? It's, um, the, the architects who hired me, they, they were called Martinez Wong. Now Joe Martinez is, has his own firm, right. and Joe Wong has his own firm. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So, yeah, they're, still, they're still in town. Yeah. Well, the timing is ironic because uh, four years ago we had, and you know Rob Quigley, who mm-hmm. designed sure. a lot of buildings around town, but it's, it's just been four years, uh, actually, last week that uh, we had the dedication uh, uh, and the grand opening of the Central Library downtown. And Rob has been a prior guest on this show. That's right. Um, and we're going to talk about an award that um, it, for the architect that we're here to talk about, and Rob is the only other San Diegan to win that award. I did not know that. Okay. I'm glad, I'm yeah. glad I mentioned him. That's really cool. And I just sent him some pictures uh, this past week about from the grand opening. Erwin Jacobs was there. It was a big deal. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you ever met Bill Walton, but he brings his special chair because he's so tall. Right. And he was there with his wife and his, and his mother. Uh, who was a big uh, reading enthusiast uh, from Little On. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was standing, he was sitting, I was standing, and he was still taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> but we were just in about the third row from the stage, and, uh, and that was uh, really cool. But, and I think he and his wife even donated uh, to the library, and there's a, one of the rooms there is, uh, name, has their name on it. But anyway, I digress. Uh, the library is pretty cool, don't you agree, uh, uh, James? I do, I do, and it's, it's wonderful to see that... Uh, you know, San Diego stepped up and hired a San Diego architect to yeah. do it, and the, the results are really spectacular. Well, it's definitely an iconic structure. You, you know, you, you see it, you recognize it right away that that's the library, um, and it has a very cool look to it. Anyway, we're going to come back with James Guthrie, and we're going to talk about Irving J. Gill and all his great work right after these words. Hang on. All right, there's some Chicago music, the Bob Newhart Show. I love the opening where he's always walking down Michigan Avenue. You, ever, you remember that show, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I used to watch that, too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And also, the, what just popped in my head was that movie Man on Wire talking about structures. Uh, the guy that... Philippe uh, Petit. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, between the Twin Towers when they were uh, around. Uh, like new, new Black Films did yeah. the documentary. Um, well, they, they didn't do it per se, but uh, right, his but wife worked his on it. His wife worked on it. Um, but in, wife. in any case, 1974, you know, he you, have you seen that film, by the way? Uh, no, oh, I you haven't. Have to see it's that. incredible. Okay. It won the Oscar for Best Documentary. It's really spectacular. And another little aside, I think when Horton Plaza opened, as my memory serves, and I think when uh, Pete Wilson may have been governor at the time, but uh, he, Philippe Petit, was actually at Horton Plaza, and they, he did a little high-wire act and, and lowered the key to the city to somebody or, or something like that. But I did, do you remember that at all, Richard, or no? Yeah, I do, although now the only high-wire act is the city pension. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they, they better get a net soon, <laughs> too. So. Sorry, I could not resist. But anyway, uh, let's. Uh, but we digress. Let's get into James, uh, his his background a little bit more. He's got a lot of awards and citations here, and thanks to Sharon Lee Master, who sent all this great information and set up today's interview, and she's with us. So I wanted to acknowledge Sharon and thank her. Um, uh, but you've got a lot of uh, awards and, and uh, notations here, James. Uh, isn't that correct? Uh, for myself? Yeah. So you're talking about my resume, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I can I've find been, it here. I'm trying to find Come it. Come on, just take credit. Just take I've been credit. busy over the years, yeah. <laughs> so um, 
So you, what year did you get to San Diego? Did we establish that yet? 1983. 83. So Summer what, of 83. So what was the first uh, major project you worked on that, uh, that you can recall that you said, gee, that's really terrific. I'm proud of that. That's a good question. It's, uh, and it's actually a Gill Influence project. Um, it is a building that w- what then was called the Career Planning and Placement Center mm. at UC San Diego. UCSD. Yeah, and uh, I believe it's still there. I haven't been by it in quite a few years. Huh. You designed the entire building, or it was a collaboration? Yeah, it's still there. I mean, it was a collaboration? I or? walked past it at graduation in May. Yeah. Oh, good. Is it yeah. holding up, I hope? It's doing really well. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that campus is going to be amazingly it was transformed was here because, than, you know, yeah. with, I mean, it's a billion-dollar-plus renovation project just starting there. It's going to be unc- It's already incredible. It's going to be beyond belief that campus when that project's finished. Yeah. Martinez Wong deserves the credit for that because they were the architects that were hired. Mm-hmm. I was a, an architect working for them at the time, mm-hmm. but I was the primary designer on it. Gotcha. But, um, you know, if you're the primary designer, you, you did the bulk of the work. It's just like uh, maybe you maybe you know this, maybe you, but, the, but the Piccarilli brothers actually uh, carved the um, Lincoln Memorial statue and a lot of other mm-hmm. things. They designed actually the gate that did we talk about this at our meeting? We did, yeah. The, yeah, the gate that goes into uh, Balboa mm-hmm. Park. Richard, uh, one of the Piccadilly brothers, uh, does, did the logo design for the Panama Expo. You know, uh, back in nineteen fifty. One hundredth anniversary thereof. Yeah. And that was even before the Lincoln Memorial statue. And okay. they've done a lot of other great things too. But uh, but we digress. But I like to throw these inf- these these points of information out because a lot of people do not know this, right? A lot of people don't know that Dr. Seuss wrote about 56 of his 60 books here. Did you know that? James, I, did you, I did know that, yeah. James knew that. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that I know the Battle Sharon, of the Sexist story know, started here in know, San Diego. I know Sharon knows that because she probably has bugged Audrey for some donations now and, now and then. Is that true, Audrey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true, Audrey? I mean Sharon. Sharon, Sharon acknowledges <laughs> that it's true. But so much originated out of San Diego that people don't know about, Joe. Absolutely. That's why it's good that we have shows like this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have, um, you know, it is a great palette for architecture. Now, let's get into, so how long, you, how long did you work at, uh, at the architecture firm there, um, James? Uh, it was just a couple of years. A couple of years, yeah. okay. But, I mean, you've probably worked on several projects here in San Diego yourself, right? Uh, I have. Do you have a, have a roundabout, do you have a round figure, like is it 100 structures or 50? Oh. Well, my, my specialty is actually um, urban design, architecture mm. and urban design. Ah. So some of the things that I've worked on are not, uh, readily visible, so like I was one of the. Would um, that be streets and roads, or what would that be? Urban design, or is that uh, urban design? Landscaping is, is really is sort of an architectural approach to to not exactly planning. Planning is things like zoning. Mm-hmm. Design is actually yeah, what does a community look like? Mm. And so like I worked on the uh, was one of the earliest architects to work on the renovation of the Golden Hill area. Oh, mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so that was. You guys remember that back in the early '80s? It was, yeah, it was pretty rundown neighborhood, and so you know that one for, for traffic flow. One that I think works, and correct me if I'm wrong, but La Jolla Colony up there near the the Mormon Temple in La Jolla, it mm-hmm. seems like there's never uh, you know, big traffic jams going through there. I think they did a pretty good job as far as road design. Is that, am I right or wrong? Or yeah, yeah, they spent a lot of time doing traffic planning. Yeah, and, I, and I've done a few projects up that way too. So, so you've done a lot of projects downtown or Gaslamp or Golden Hill if you're doing urban design, I'm, um, I'm guessing? Or? No, mostly in the well, Golden Hill, Fallbrook, okay. um, Carlsbad, hmm. 
some areas around there. Mm -hmm. I don't don't actually remember working downtown. What do you you think of UTC and the explosion going on up there with the bill? I mean, that's going to create some traffic. I mean, you're hearing... They already have traffic. You're hearing more and more that people, you know, it takes uh, just as long to get to the freeway, you know, than it does uh, to take the freeway to wherever they have to go um, these days. It's Right? Yeah. Well, you know, back in the 80s when that was emerging as as a... a business core mm-hmm. and a residential core, um, you know, some of us looked at it and said, well, this, someday this will be a second downtown. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of square footage and use, it is that. But in terms of um, the way traffic um, goes in and out, it's a bit overwhelmed. Yeah. So. Well, on the upside, I do see the trolley station. There's a new bridge going over five. Did you see that, Richard? Near, yeah, uh, I've driven under it a couple times yeah, now. And it looks like the new trolley station. That's going to make a difference uh, if people use it. Yeah, well... I'm sure they I'm will. I'm sure they will. Yeah, they wouldn't be building it right. if they, they didn't. I, I think uh, the, the trolley is a good way to go, right, James? It's a wonderful way to go when you've got density, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, your fascination with Gill, uh, when did that? That would be Irving Gill. Right, Irving Gill. Ir- Irving J. Gill. Irving J. Gill, Gil. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, when did that first begin? Because I know he was influenced and worked with a lot of uh, Major Nate Lewis Sullivan himself, right? And, uh, and didn't he work with, uh, or at least influenced by Lewis Sullivan and, and Frank Lloyd Wright and uh, the major names back in the day? Or? Would, would you like my interest or where, where he came from? Um, Let's start with your interest. We'll start with yours and then we'll yeah. backtrack. Okay. Well, I, um, I actually first learned about Irving J. Gill, and I emphasize the J because he went by the name Jack. Ah. He didn't oh, go okay. by the name Irving, Good so his friends called him Jack. Um, so I first learned about him. I was in grad school taking an American architectural history class, and my professor put up slides, and one day there was Irving Gill's Dodge House from Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And some, some architecture, when you see it in a picture, you think, well, that's all I need to see. Some, some architecture, when you see a picture of it, you, th- you know there's something more going on here. Mm-hmm. And that was my reaction with Gill's work. And this was long before I knew I was going to be a San Diegan. And um, so that was my first introduction to him. And there's very few architects who I've had that kind of a reaction to. Well, I mean, the, part of this award that he's getting and part of, uh, I guess, this recent exhibition is about the, the modernist uh, uh, look of his work, right? right. I mean. Right. Here's, yeah. here's a guy, probably the last project he did was in the 30s, right? Or when was the last project he did? Shortly before his death. Yeah. Yeah, Passed away in 1936. And yeah. we're talking about, you know, his work being modern. It's uh, pretty fascinating, isn't it? Well, this is one of the reasons he is so fascinating and why people are so interested in, in becoming more interested in him is because when we look at the history of modern architecture, and with a capital M, most people look to Europe, mm-hmm. and especially Germany, and they think about people like Mies, Mies van der Rohe and Le Corbusier. But those guys came a good 15 years after Gill, and so modernism actually started right here in San Diego and with Irving Gill. And his, his um, designs, especially projects like the one I just described that I saw in grad school. The Walter the, Dodge House, huh? Yeah, the Dodge House that must, was that the Do- Is that the Dodge of the Dodge Automobile uh, firm or no no different no. Dodge i don't know if the, they're related at all but okay. that's not where um, he came from gotcha so irving j gill uh, where was he born he was born in a little town outside syracuse new york mm-hmm. he grew up in syracuse i know he passed away here in carlsbad richard and right. um but uh so he did most of where are most of his structures uh would you say are they all over the country are they evenly divided or are they the bulk of them out in the bulk Southern of them are right here in san diego huh. how about that the, the second largest group is in la uh-huh. Uh huh. And then there's a, a few that are kind of far flung, like uh, up by Oakland and the East Coast. And 
So we don't, I mean, are there any other names that would even be comparable to his uh, in, in the modern uh, movement and, and such um, in, in California? I mean, I, I only have heard of his name. I had, I, I'm, not, I'm not well schooled in architecture, so I don't know. But. Well, he's, he's not very famous in terms of the general public um, because, you know, when he passed away, he had no children. Um, he did not set up a foundation for himself, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons that, um, that I thought maybe it'd be a good idea to set up a foundation for him because mm-hmm. people don't know who he is. And he's an incredibly important personality in the world of architecture and especially in the world of San Diego mm-hmm. and in that time period in, in San Diego's growth, early growth and, and development. Mm-hmm. La, La Jolla um, Rec Center, right? He did. The Rec Center. Yeah, that's right. The Women's Club. The Women's Club, okay. Yeah, the Ellen Browning Scripps House across the street, which is now the Museum of Contemporary Museum Art. Museum of Contemporary Art, right? Yeah. That wow. is a cool building. That is a cool building. Well, sure, and that, of course they have the little, uh, 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 is it Giuseppe's, uh, the little restaurant to the right as you walk there? The cafe you, at the museum. The cafe. So when, you look, when I look at uh, Balboa Park and the archways, uh, the promenade, whatever you want, the Prada, whatever you call it, I mean, that that's, looks like it's inspired by him too, right? These arts, these tall round arches, that's one of his signatures, right? The, the classic Roman arch is, is a signature of Gill's, mm-hmm. um, but he had really not much to do with Balboa Park and, and the fair. Oh, oh, I know he didn't. I'm just saying he's influenced others, I think, you know. Um, but anyway, look, we're, we're going to come up on our break. We're going to come back with James Guthrie, president and founder of the Irving J. Gill Foundation, right after this. All right, we're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life. Fifth year in a row, we're going to win some awards. Now this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Sponsors, thank you. Hey, let's list them too, Joe. UBS is at the top of the list with Michael Karantos, our favorite CPAs on the planet. We like CPAs so much, we've got two groups of them. Jason Kruger, Signature Analytics, a great CFO service firm. Also, Plato Epic CPAs up in San Marcos, more traditional in terms of tax returns and financial statements. Our great friend Joel Grushkin, Cost Segregation Initiatives. Joel and Jane will be at the Battle of the Sexes showing Monday night. Again, they, or Joel helps real estate owners improve their cash flow. This money that these sponsors make, you can always stash it in Mechanics Bank. Great bank here in San Diego that works with wealthy families, families in the real estate space. Sean Puckett, of course, is the VP of the San Diego region, also Hub International. Looks like the health care bill is not going to get repealed, but employee benefits, still a very important topic, ever-changing. Hub International with Neil Staley also. The LG Experience and the Lombardi Group with my good friend Tony Lombardi, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Also, Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, and he is the catalyst behind SeniorSafeAndSound.org here in San Diego, helping to prevent the financial abuse of the elderly. Also, our great friend Brenda Geiger, Geiger Law Office. Brenda and her attorneys specialize in estate planning and asset protection. And, of course, Michelle St. Clair with Elite Lifestyle Management, a great concierge service. And, again, a big thank you to Michelle for helping us get the extra tickets that we got so that Joe could get into the Battle of the Sexes premiere up in Los Angeles. Did you have fun up there, Joe? Absolute blast. I got a nice picture of Emma Stone. I was about three feet away, and they had a little chit-chat in, in uh, as well. Good, but we couldn't have done that without Michelle St. Clair with Elite Lifestyle Management. For those of you who skipped dinner because you love our show so much that it Taste even better than any food you could have except for 
a couple of options, right, Joe? Well, there's a very good food foundation with Michelle Ciccarelli Lirac, but by the way, I think she might have won. She won some press club awards. I we'll, saw her name there. Yeah, we'll know uh, more at the end of the month, but uh, they do great foodie work all year along, food programs. And, of course, Lestat's Coffee Houses, uh, the one at uh, University Heights, uh, Normal Heights, and the new one on University Avenue, all open 24-7, 365. Great food, great people watching, and they just won the City Beat Best Coffee House of the Year and some other awards voted by the readers. So congrats to them. And I know a lot of these sponsors have been working with you, Richard, for many years with great success, right? Yeah, we now describe it as decades, not years. Yeah. <laughs> and congrats to Courtney Holtz, who uh, won, she won some awards, too. We'll know more later at the end of October for our website design. So and all the great work. Hey, you know, you become a sponsor, you hang out with us, you win awards. Yeah. That's how it goes. There's a sponsorship uh, media kit Now we just need some Oscars for the Battle of the Sex. Right. You just have to go to iymoney.com. There's a drop-down menu for the sponsors, and all their information is right there. You can uh, look up any or all of them, and they, I know... Uh, Richard approves of all of them, personally knows them all well. So there you have it. Let's get Absolutely. back. Absolutely. But yeah. James, question. There is a Gill administration building in Balboa Park, correct? There is a building, uh, the administration building in, in Balboa Park. Yep. Mm -hmm. it's, no, it's, it's called the administration building is, is the yep. proper name. And Gill was hired um, by the original town fathers who were putting the fair together okay. as one of the first architects to work on the fair. And, um, and he worked on th that building Okay. Um, before there was any other construction going on. They yeah. call it administration building, so that's where the engineers and the architects and the contractors were headquartered as they were actually building now, what we see now. Now, James okay. just handed me two antique postcards, one from Wonderland in Ocean Beach, which is the amusement park that got blown away by a storm just mm -hmm. as the expo was opening up, where a lot of the zoo animals originated from. And they want, that's what really gave birth to the San Diego Zoo. But did, did um, Irving J. Gill work on either of these structures? Well, Joe, you introduced me to Wonderland when, uh -huh. when we met before the show, uh -huh. and, and I wasn't familiar with the architecture of it. And so I dug up this image of Wonderland, and when I saw it, I thought, oh my gosh, this looks so much like early Irving Gill in San Diego. Uh -huh. And so I don't know if it's an Irving Gill or not. It's not a documented Gill, uh -huh. but um, I will do some more research, and I, I would ask any of your listeners who know about Ocean Beach and Wonderland if they have any information about the origin, origins of Wonderland, who the architects might have been, I would love to know. But well, let, let us know if you find out, because we'll, yeah, we'll announce will. it on the show. And we will go down to Wonderland, the new, uh, it's the new bar and lounge down there, took over where Quiggs was. And well, that's where Quiggs was. Yeah, okay. and they have, I know they've got some information on the wall or the menu or something, and so somebody there might know something, and um, we'll, we'll figure that out. Now, how about the other one with the, uh, from the Balboa Park, is that... Uh, uh, this is a this is a shot. This is a photograph that actually replicates a rendering that uh, Bertram Goodhue, who was the main design architect for the fair buildings, um, did. It's a very prominent uh, view of the park. It shows the California building, mm -hmm. and off to the left is the administration building that Gill had a part in. Now, there's some debate about how much Gill had mm -hmm. had a role in it. I think he was involved with the very early designs of it, but when it actually came time for construction. Um, he had already moved on to when you, other projects. When you say Edmund building, the, that was the former Edmund building for the Museum of Man, which has now moved. But, I mean, you're talking right on the bridge when you first come in, that Edmund Right, as you're crossing oh. the Laurel Street Bridge and you're entering into it, the main uh, Prado area, there's a little white building there's to the one left. Even, I think even before you get through the arch, I think it's on the right, left. Right, right. Yeah. It's outside the arch. Yeah. It's a very simple building. Mm. That's the building we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right, so uh, Irving J. Gill, That if you look him up on Wikipedia, it said that he moved to San Diego to escape the memory of his failure. What failure are we talking about? 
Do you know anything about that or not? No, so I don't know. Wikipedia it. says that? I guess. About yeah. Irving Gill? Yeah, it says when, in, in 1891, he went to Adler and Sullivan, and Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright hired him to work on the, his team. He goes, while there, he helped design the transportation building and exhibit at the 1893 Chicago World's Fair. Right. He would never see the end of that project as he fell ill due to overwork. Ah, Okay. Yeah, that's that's the story. Is that he was he became ill, and he became to came to San Diego, like, and his health improved just like everybody else, Richard. So uh, that's what he came. So I guess the failure of his health. That's what I meant. Oh yeah, that, uh, that and, part's true. Yeah. And um, how about that? It's interesting it, it, that you would discover San Diego, and you know, in in 1893, uh, you know, who even heard of San Diego in Chicago? Uh, I wonder how he caught wind of it. I guess through the fair itself. The well, in the um, in the that in the eighteen seventies, eighties, nineties, Southern California was was noted as a place for people with tuberculosis and other lung related diseases ah. to come for the fresh air, and so they would have known. And, and San know, Diego was recently opened up by the railroad. And I think FDR discovered the same thing. I think he came here for some health reason. Matter of fact, I think he was in San Diego when in the nineteen thirty six National Democratic Convention. He could. He was too ill. He was here, and he was trying to get uh, Henry Wallace nominated, but they put in Harry Truman instead. Not thirty six. Mm. I'm thinking forty. That's forty. Forty eight. Uh, forty eight. I believe. Yeah. Forty eight. I think it was that late. Because yeah, yeah, he. Well, he passed. He passed away, yeah, um, FDR, I think, I think just um, shortly after. I'll have to look this up. Yeah. Anyway, I, at that convention, whatever year it was, at 40, 48, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, FDR was in San Diego. But, you want uh, another Roosevelt tidbit? Sure, sure. Teddy came to the opening of the 1915 fair, and he had a relative in San Diego who he stayed with, and that house that he stayed in was an Irving Gill design. How about that? How's that, how's that for a little history? <laughs> yeah. Of course, the, the, what, some of the more famous uh, Irving Gay Jill structures in San Diego, the Marston House, right? Right. Uh, on, uh, right. That's on uh, that 7th Avenue? Or 7th Avenue. 7th is Avenue. that the same Marston family Just, as our Marston guest? No. no. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think so. they're related. I don't think but they're related. Um, anyway, that, that's that, uh, that street that's a cul-de-sac, right? And right. Uh, and that's actually the house that um, Teddy stayed at is at the end of 7th. Alice Lee and Catherine Teets uh, built a complex of three houses there that, huh. that was their home, plus some cottages, wow. and that's where he stayed. So how many did Irving, Irving J. Gill do on that block there? He did more than one home there, right? He did, uh, yeah, he did, uh, let's see, one, two, six, seven, yeah. I believe. Well, this yeah. is a good lead-in because uh, you, you've got some events coming up in October dedicated to him, so why don't you tell us about those, and I think there's some tours and everything, so why don't you give us a little thumbnail on that? Well, Irving Gill, we, we, we talked earlier about his um, being one of the, the first modernists and the, the period in which he transforms himself from being a sort of a standard uh, architect who was doing architecture um, based on the current popular styles of the time into the, uh, the innovator that, that we know him for now is a period of, of 1905 to 1911. And so we're um, having a symposium at the end of October uh, on the 28th and 29th, mm-hmm. and it will be right up there by 7th Avenue, where we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, our speakers are going to focus on that time period of Irving Gill's life, but not just Irving Gill, because architects never operate in isolation. Um, we're going to talk about the context of San Diego at that time. So we're going to talk about his architecture for sure, um, but we're also going to talk about his clients, because they uh, basically um, were very supportive. It's just you know, sponsors are important, and, mm-hmm. and when you're building buildings, um, these, these folks spend a lot of money. So they were a pretty daring group to hire them. 
um, and, and do some of this new architecture. We're also going to talk about the landscape. The landscape is a very important uh, part of San Diego now. Mm-hmm. At that, it's in, sort of in that moment, 1905 to 1911. It's, it's San Diego and Southern California is going through uh, a, a change in its approach, approach to landscape. In, uh, in 05, it was pretty uh, native species were everywhere. Yeah. By 1911, um, we're building the Garden Fair mm-hmm. in Balboa Park. And we'll give more information about that event and more about Irving J. Gill with James B. Guthrie, noted architect, right after this. Hang on. All right, we're back with James B. Guthrie, noted architect, president, and founder of the Irving J. Grill Foundation. And we were talking about some uh, events and tours coming up October 28, 29. Open to the public, right, James? Yes, absolutely. And if they want more information to attend, where the do website? they go? The website is irvingjgill.org. Very simple. Very yep. good. I I'm, I'm hope that you invite a lot of the people to the Historical Society and Charter 100 Group and everybody in and around Balboa Park, and I'm, I'm sure uh, you know, they'd love to attend all that, right? We're trying to get the word out to everybody who wants to come. Like I said you know, earlier, Irving Gill is a very important part of uh, San Diego's history, mm-hmm. and that's one of our purposes as, of the foundation is to uh, especially educate people about um, his life and the importance of his role mm-hmm. in the development of San Diego and the development of modern architecture. Now, so, so have you had much... Ac- um, were you ever on the board of Soho Save Our Heritage Organization? Or have you done some work for that fine charity? I, I was on the board, You yes. were? Okay, cool. Yeah. That was a while ago. It was the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, it mm-hmm. hit its stride back in the earlier, mid-80s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, Marston... done some great work in terms of preserving our, um, well, heritage. Her- architectural heritage. Yeah, I um, have to agree. In terms of uh, Irving J. Gill's work, how much was residential? How much was commercial uh, or industrial or whatever? Was it mostly residential or... Um, he's mostly known for his residential work, but actually he was a pretty diverse architect. He he did um, a lot of houses in different scales, from working cot- working men's cottages up to very uh, wealthy people's like Ellen Scripps House in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. Um, he did many churches. He did uh, clubhouses like the Women's Club and, and quite a few others. Well, I'm looking he did commercial here. buildings. I'm looking at the U.S. Grand Hotel. He did not do the grant. He, he did a design for the grant, but they picked a different architect. Okay. He, was, he said he was appointed a special seat on the Chamber of Commerce uh, Committee to build the U.S. grant, which was ultimately designed. Oh, you're right. Harrison Albright. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I stand he did on. design the park in the fountain right across the street, which was recently rededicated, renovated, hmm. and rededicated. Portland Park Plaza. How yeah. about that? Now, he's got a, he had a nephew. Um, Lewis Gill, yeah. Yeah. Did he... Uh, Pick up the mantle and do um, do some admirable work himself. Or uh, Lewis grew up in Syracuse, mm-hmm. like um, like his uncle did, and right out of school he moved to San Diego. It was about 1911, I believe, mm-hmm. and went to work for his uncle. They were partners, or he was a, a, a junior architect for a while. Then they became partners, and then Lewis uh, Irving wound up moving to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and um, and then Lewis stayed in San Diego and, and kept the firm going here and became. Uh, Quite a well-known architect of his own. Yeah. And there's Lewis Gills all over town, too. I'm looking at a picture of the Cosset House, and you, is that still uh, still in existence or not? It is, yeah. Okay. Where, does that, where is that located? Because that looks like a pretty cool building. Well, the primary Cosset House, the Cossets actually were a very good client of Gills and, and hired him to do many buildings. But the ones that the Cossets actually lived in, the last one that Gill designed for him is on 7th Avenue, right across from oh. the Marston House. Is that is that the picture there of that one, or...? I'll blow it up for you. Is that what it, 
Yeah, that's okay. it. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So that's on Wikipedia, right? Well, yeah. You can send your listeners there. Yeah, Wikipedia. Well, now I see Oceanside. He's done. He's done. He's worked on structures all over San Diego County, pretty much, right? He has. I would. I would guess that um, anybody in the San Diego uh, County, certainly in the metropolitan area, is easily within ten miles of an Irving Gill building, and they probably pass them all the time, and they just don't know it. Now, Richard grew up in East County. Near Barona, right, Richard? Lakeside, Barona, yeah. Well, I think he did the church for the Barona Indian Reservation. I, I heard something. that. Is he that true? He did their church, and oh, he neat. did 12 houses. Oh, 12 houses? Yeah. Okay. Cottages or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. How about that? I, I would encourage, uh, Barona actually has a, a museum mm-hmm. um, up um, near the casino. Yeah. I would encourage people to go there because they actually have an exhibit up. Um, they were part of, we did a big collaboration last year with, 13 different organizations, okay. and they were one of them, mm-hmm. and they've kept their exhibition up, so oh, you deep. can go and learn a lot more about that. And well, you we, drive right by there on the way up to yeah. Country Estates, Ramona. Hey, let's not, leave out, let's not leave out the Bishop's School, and then I'm also seeing 10 churches, best known, the Christian Science Church at 2nd and Laurel. I didn't know about that one. Which uh, is one of the tours we'll be doing with the symposium. Wow, very cool. Very so, J- cool. J- James, I saw where Irving J. Gale was also described as a cubist. What does cubist mean? That's kind of a big question. Some people use that um, term just because his buildings look like cubes. Right. But um, if you actually get into deeper art, art theory, mm-hmm. which we probably don't have time to do today, um, it, there is actually a relationship to the cubism in the art world. Okay, I'm uh, wondering. Which has to do with the experiential qualities right, experiential of, the, quality. of the architecture, yeah. Right. So as far as bu- building design, building uh, materials, and, of course, uh, you know, the aesthetics and everything else, uh, it's a complicated um complex um proposition isn't it i mean was he was he also into sustainability and things like that in terms of energy i mean energy is another big consideration. But I, I know he used a lot of skylights for example didn't he he is he was actually one of the first green architects as yeah. there's another sort of gill is such an interesting character because he was always thinking about everything about his architecture mm-hmm. if you look at the way his buildings are sited this is before air conditioning remember mm-hmm. the way his buildings are sited they're sited to capture breezes you know, can get kind of hot in, sure. inside buildings in San Diego. Well, he knew that. And so he, the, a lot of the arches you see are open breezeways that oh. allow you to sit in the shade but enjoy being outside. Mm-hmm. Um, he used the pergola a lot for the same reason. You can sit in your garden in shade. Um, he, so he captured views. He, um, if you look at his, his, his designs and his residence, if you look at the window pattern, if you look at it carefully, you'll see it's a little bit different than most window patterns. There's a, there's a top panel of the window that opens up mm. so that you can ventilate the hot air off the top of the ceiling. Ah, that's so, where all the heat goes to mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I mean, there's heat rising. very smart. He used, he used uh, solar uh, hot water heating um, in some of his houses. You know, Marlon Brando was into this stuff, too. He had an island with, uh, with uh, using currents and things like that and, and cold water. But is, uh, tell us about the tilt slab or the tilt-up concrete uh, buildings. At uh, What is that all about? The exterior well, arcade. He, he, the, the guy was an innovator, not just um, in aesthetics, but in building technology. And one of his interests was figuring out how to build very solid, very permanent buildings, um, very easily, very quickly, and cost-effectively. And uh, there was an engineer um, back in Illinois who developed a system of a tilt slab. He hadn't refined it yet, but he didn't. He didn't gotten the patent on it. And Gil bought the patent rights from this fellow by the name of Aiken mm-hmm. um, to basically implement that technology in Southern California. So Gil bought that, he refined it, got his own patent that modified the original patent and started building. And, and essentially what he did is he built entire walls out of concrete on a table, flat on a table, and then he would use uh, an engine 
uh, and pulleys and tilt the wall up into place. Hmm. And it's very fascinating technology, and it it's actually is is extremely common practice today as a way to build buildings. And he used concrete and cement floors too, right? He did, and he was one of the first architects to use it as a finished product. Mm, as a, yeah, I mean, as a as a finished. Yeah. Product. I wonder if yeah. he worked on the Bohannon estate mm. or influenced. Are you familiar with that big building? And it's up, in, it's, in, it's up in uh, Mission Hill somewhere. But boy, this they've got very thick concrete walls. I think well, the gentleman uh, who built it was a contractor, uh, a cement contractor. So he, the walls are like you know ridiculously two, three feet thick and <laughs> what, whatever. Well, if you want to hear uh, a little anecdote about the concrete floors, sure. Yeah. You, you all know who Ellen Browning Scripps is. Yep. Sure. And there's a there's an entry in her diary about um, when uh, Gil was building that house that uh, that uh, Irving and his nephew Lewis went to the house and they would they would come in their dungarees and hand polish the floor so that the concrete floor so that it had a, the perfect finish that they were after. Huh. So well, that look is coming back now. You go into um, well, what's that bakery up in? Um, uh, Redency. They've got a very nice concrete floor with some carved. Did he carve any designs in his concrete floors, or were they just basically plain? I don't remember any floors that have it in, but there's a house um, up in the L.A. area that where he did impressions of uh, of leaves and natural elements in the walls. <laughs> so, yeah. How this, well, this that? is see. That's why we love Gills because he was such an innovator. His ideas are still in use today. Yeah. Well, let's give the information one more time. We only have a couple minutes to go. The, the uh, Irving J. Gill Symposium and Tours Transitioning to Modern, which uh, I guess you're assuming that we've we've kind of uh, strayed away from modern in, in recent years, and we're getting... <laughs> and, and, of course, modern with a small M and a large M, which we don't have time to get into either, right? I mean... Right, right. I mean, he was more into the modern with a capital M, right? He, he was the first guy. The first yeah. guy. He's the first guy. The guy. But I'd also like to mention that one of the things we're going to do at the at our symposium with the tours is celebrate an award we just we just oh, won. Oh, tell us about that, please. Yeah, really? it's, it's, it's quite an honor. The American Institute of Architects of the California Council, um, which is the professional organization for architects in California, largest in the country, maybe in the world because um, California is so big, um, basically has an award that's called the Maybeck Award. Mm. And the Maybeck Award is granted to an architect of, of note and um, Irving Gill just won that award. Wow! And well, he's the first posthumous award of the of that organization of that. ever. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. And and Rob Quigley is the only other San Diego. How about that? Yep. James B. Guthrie, thank you so much for joining us. And folks, more information go to, uh, on that event. Uh, go to irvingjgill.org. And Sharon, thanks for helping us get this set up. Absolutely, Richard Muso, great seeing you. Great seeing you, Justin Hart, our board operator. Thanks to Dave Sniff and Craig Blanky here at KFMB. All these podcasts are commercial free on Iowa Money to Next week, Peter Seidler, owner of Padre. Bye bye now. <laughs>